told her someone took our sign. She said, oh, no, I gave it. So if you don't have a if you don't have a sign, then the first five to grab one. Hopefully we'll get all of those put in yards this week. And um, deep into the messages last week. We're recovering, and I'm super excited for today's message. I feel like really every single message this year has felt like just we're building momentum towards Easter and towards pushing in the same direction, talking about the same things, the vision of why we're here, what we're doing, and this series specifically kind of unpacking that vision and how we're going to do our faith that if we can't think bigger, if we, can't, if we serve a God that does impossible things, y'all with me? If we serve a God that is big, bigger than we can imagine, and, and thinking higher than us, and his ways are higher, then we have to, we have to start thinking bigger. And, G, and Jesus said, go into all the nations. We're challenging the image of the church because the church has built a reputation for itself. And we could just go around the room today and probably give a thousand examples of how the church has the wrong reputation. Or in some ways, I think the church has been marketed poorly. We put, in other words, we put forth ideas that this is what the church is about. The church was And I can give you, I'll start with just a few examples, and you've seen this. But these are actually... Some church put this on the sign, and I looked at it this week and thought, wait a second, <laughs> that's not what the church is about. So here's an example. Someone, a church actually put this on their sign. Don't let worry kill you. Let the church help. So I thought, wait a second, that's not right. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Another one, the, the sign said, do you know what hell is? We're, 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 we're giving mixed signals. Here's another one. If you would shut up, you could hear God's voice. Uh-oh. I think I may have been to that church once.
our staff members. Pastor Sean preached about this. No. <laughs> so we got to get it right, though, right? We, we If we're going to stand for the church, we don't, if, if we're pushing in different directions, if we don't, if we're not pushing for the same thing. So that's part of this series. Let's make sure that we have the right message. And so today we're going to look at um, kind of the next step of faith. We've looked at the teaching and what we believe and how we have to think bigger. Make it like you're doing a good job. I think that's what, in, in my paraphrase, that's what Jesus was saying. He said, go therefore into all Come average. That's, hey, we all know about community. We wouldn't be here if we weren't about community. But I want to show you first off what is community, and number two, why why community matters so much, and why do we have to push into it? So to start with Jesus, Jesus. Could have done it all by himself. He was all powerful. He was all knowing. He he was the miracle worker. He could have done. Everything by himself. He could have changed everything that has happened through the church. He could have done. To put together into a community. He, he chose, if, if, if God was on a rescue mission to save humanity and to save men, he chose a community to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to represent myself with the church, the community of belief, with people who had issues. And you might be that person that says, you know what, I'm kind of a loner. I don't need a community. I don't like a crowd. Because, why? Because church people have issues. They're hypocrites. Uh-oh. And if you're that person that's Standing off to the side thinking, I'm not going to get involved in that because those people are hypocrites and they have issues. I have another hypocrite with issues. Oh, some laughed. So you guys know.
to build trust and learn how to the church. That's busy church. Commissions, the Great Commission. We see how, how the church really launches, and we're going to start. Uh, right. Serious. Like uh, Brother Hal said earlier when you were talking about. We're here. We we survived Hurricane Harvey. Pen but we have to take God at his word and go out and reach the world. Bigger. They re numbers. God's interested in numbers. So to me, the numbers represent lives changed. The no like three. By the message and being baptized that day, how many can we reach as a people? If Jesus said, go to all the nations, how show up and fit. hey I found a great place and I love this place but it's not about the place it's about what God's doing so I want us to themselves this is the churches growing they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching look at that I'm teaching right now so that part's easy check And, y'all ready for it? To fellowship. One where, oh, I don't know about that. I don't like potluck. Because I like the food at my house, and I like the food at the restaurant. 
people's stuff. That's other, other people's houses smell different than my house, right? And it's, y'all shake hands. Example, right? Y'all are different than each, we're different than each other. We get, we look around and we see different, and we're like, mm, I don't think so. Not right now. Our differences, and we talked a lot about unity last week, and how our. Happens in between the rows, in between the lines, the in between the Sundays. I can tell you right now that you guys are devoted to something. You you are devoted to things. Used to be Starbucks devotees, and then somebody else came to town, and now you, you go to Dutch, and you forgot about Starbucks. You're devoted, and that's a that's not a bad thing, right? We get devoted. I want to say. Don't come back. That was <laughs> just kidding. You are committed to things. You're devoted to things. But the question is, when it says that the church What did that look like? Bringing a bread, prayer? A lot of times people commit themselves to Christ. They, they say a prayer and they give their life. They surrender everything to God and then they make that devotion. the message, they, they devoted themselves to Jesus, and then they also devoted themselves to the teaching and to fellowship. The challenge today is this, get involved if you're not involved. If you're not connected, get connected because the value within our community is way more than we can even imagine. It's way more than we can think about. It's like take for Just we've seen for so long, and that forty-three. We're going to read it real quick. Everyone was filled with awe, and many. Possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread. those who are being saved. Listen, to me, that is what the church should look like. So six things 
this is not my message. I'm just giving you these for free so you can write them down. Can I tell you that one of the biggest I'm done fighting. I can disagree with you. We can be different. You can smell different than me. Your house can smell different. And the way you make macaroni and cheese can be different than I do. But we can still be friends. And whether your church looks different or acts different, even if you don't believe every single but about the issues. It goes on. They sold property and possess church who walks, who Number three, it says that every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. They had a commitment to worship together. We're doing that this morning. If I brought people to my need each other, even if you didn't, uh, even if you didn't do that. Eight together, pray. When we're not winning as a church, or what I saw on social media, we got to stop comparing ourselves and start joining together. And it's not grow the community because what we're doing is not just growing how many people are sitting in these seats. What we're doing is we're taking people who are on their way to hell and moving them right over and say, hey, God has a plan for your life. Would it be better to go to heaven? Every person makes a decision and a commitment to Jesus Christ is a person whose life is transformed. Of course, we have to walk it out. There's purpose behind it. We have to live it out. We have to let our faith reflect. We have to let our actions reflect our faith. So Why? At the end of this message, whether you're watching online or whether you're right here in the room, my hope is
but you can find someone, right? You can find a message. There's, there are incredible preachers that can give you, just, you could listen to 24 hours worth of powerful, powerful preaching. We're hurting ourselves. We're incomplete as the body. So why? My, my, my purpose for this message is by the end of this message, you're making a dedication and deciding, I've got to dedicate myself, not just to Jesus, but to his church, because that's how we make a difference in this world. So here we go. Number one, you can write this down. When we have community, commitment lasts longer in community. Commitment is easier in community. Diet, how much easier is it to diet and get in shape and go to the gym when we're doing it with some other people? It's a lot easier. And the real proof is this. When you decide that, you know, I'm half committed to dieting, we don't tell anyone we're dieting. <laughs> or when we're half committed to, like, getting back committed online. Sure, we don't do that. We don't want anybody to see that we skipped a day or 10 days. But when we're serious about it and we create that accountability, here's the problem. We don't want the accountability... There are plenty of toxic people out there. What we need to do is we need to invest ourselves in it. Community, and it won't be easy, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to sit together, and I'm going to find people I can go eat with after church. I can go over to their house. They can come to my house, and we'll be a community of faith because it's powerful to When you, when you put people in the same room who are all trusting God for something amazing, something amazing starts to happen. We've got to get past the not trusting each other. And I, I, I'm the first one to say that we've given each other reasons to not trust us. But the answer to that, the answer to the issues of people is still people. We've got to get together and build that community. Because it's when we're alone it's when we get off by ourselves and we don't have that community that we really start. That's when we make a mistake. When you call that number that you told yourself you're never going to call him, that we're done. It's whenever you stop at that place that you didn't want to stop at on the way home or whenever you go to that website that you told yourself, I hate going to that place. So nobody's watching and there's no accountability. It's in that dark day that we step out and we reluctantly, we'll hate ourselves for doing it, but it's when we're alone that we do that thing. What if we live?
Hebrews 10, 24. I love this verse. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Like that, that little phrase there, consider how we may spur one another on. To me, that just means that, hey, let's be intentional. Let's get serious about it. Let's think about ways to do more. Not giving up meeting together as... Uh-oh, I'm going to read that one more time. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. One more time. <laughs> I know y'all are saying, Pastor Sean, we're here. Don't, don't, don't say it. Don't get on to us. Okay, so this one's just for those who are online watching right now. Here we go. Not giving up a meeting together as somewhere in the habit of I know. I know the habit of doing things, and I love that it says the habit. More as you see the day approaching. We start to drift in different directions. We've got to build new communities. I'm not trying to be ugly. What I'm saying is it's important that we be intentional about the things that matter. And community matters. We need each other. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. This is the, the result. They'll flourish and they'll grow like a cedar of Lebanon. That's the result. But Why? It's because they're planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. And it keeps going. It says they will still bear fruit in their old age. They will stay fresh and green. Even whenever naturally we shouldn't be bearing fruit. If you're planted in the right place, you keep bearing fruit. You keep staying fresh. You keep staying green. We need that a lot right now. Rick Warren said that the church must grow larger and smaller at the same time. you got to be planted in the right place, but the community of people that you're doing life with, 50,000 people to the church that day, it's about adding people to the church, continuing a smaller community where I can connect and I can, I can believe in someone and our faith can connect. So. Here's the preferred way to do that, both. I don't prefer that you do Say this, but if I come and push you and you fall down on the ground, it's a lot harder to push someone down when they're a group. Like if you're standing in a group, I can't push a whole, a whole group of people down. And the devil comes and pushes on us, and so often we fall down. And we've had a lot of things pushing on us over the last couple of years. In fact, every time it seems like we get up from one thing, it's like, boom, got pushed down with it. If we're in a group, if we're in a community where we're leaning against each other, it's a lot harder to get pushed down. A couple of years ago, Angela and I were in California, and uh, I got a picture here, but we were in uh, Yosemite, and we, we started to look not just at the uh, Yosemite Valley there that I took a 
panoramic picture. You can see Angela over here in the corner with some of our friends. Edge. If you go farther north, trees that you can drive through. Like amazing. The, they are the largest living organism on the planet. Some of these trees are 25 feet in diameter. Years old. That's, that's like crazy to think about these big trees. But the most amazing thing that I saw, like the thing that is most interesting to me about these trees is not just how big they are, but that they stand hundreds of feet tall. And it's not very common for one to fall over. They stay standing for thousands of years, literally. And um, when scientists look at the root system, you would think that, okay, if they have a tree that's a couple hundred feet tall, maybe... The, 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 the interesting thing about these kinds of trees is they have no taproot. They hardly go down at all. In fact, the average depth of the root is 12 to 16 feet, like double my height. That's insane. But these trees, hardly, most of these, there's a lot of these massive trees that have survived uh, forest fires. It's because, and this is incredible, that one tree, the average root system for one tree is about an acre. They're shallow, but they go really wide. And all of the roots, they intermingle and connect to each other so that all the whole forest can be connected by one root system. And when one tree is suffering, it can take nourishment from the other trees. That means that when one tree is suffering, the other trees can feed it. And when the wind blows, then the roots hold it tight and the tree won't fall over. To picture of what the church should Back from each other, and I, I'll go to hands and hug. Other space a little bit. Stop being offended at so much stuff. Can I just give you a piece of advice? Stop getting offended. And if it's, if it's offending you right now, please, we got to stop being offended at every little thing that happens on the internet, every little thing that this person says and that person's. We got to get keeping the main thing the main thing. First Peter 2.10 says this, once you had no identity as a people, but now you are God's people. That means what's in your over to seeing yourself as a part of the body of Christ. And here's some action points you can take. If you're suffering, if you feel alone, 
You can send an email to info at relatecommunity.com or this is my personal cell phone number. You can call me anytime or, or day and I'll get you connected to the right people. I answer my phone in the middle of the night. It doesn't get turned off. Now, if you call me at 3 a.m. for like so many days in a row, I might say, hey, can we do this in the morning? Real quick, in, in the New Testament, there are over 100 times where the, the apostles, where the, the teaching tells us, love one another. Or the, it, it's, it's the one another's, like all the things we should do for each other. So what does that look like? I'm going to put them up on the screen. Love one another. Serve one another. Forgive one another. Bear one another's burdens. Y'all start, start to get a picture of what church should look like. Encourage one another. Don't judge one another. Pray for one another. That's a lot of one another's. Kiss one another. So I thought we'd start that this morning. We just start. No, don't kiss anybody. Finally, number three. This is. I'm going to close with this. I'll invite the band to come and then we'll worship. But write this down. We multiply our. heard of Belgian draft horses. We're going to put a picture up on the screen. This is a powerful looking horse. This horse all by itself can pull about 8,000 pounds. But when you put two Belgian draft horses together, you don't get sick. You can't, they can pull a lot more than 16,000. You would think, oh, just double it, 8,000, 16. No, when you put two of these guys together, now all of a sudden they can pull close to 24,000 pounds. And if those two horses have spent a bond and trust each other, now they're pulling, it says that the average goes up with horses that trust and have bonded closer to 32,000 pounds they can pull together. Like, that's incredible. Think about us in the church. Like, I can do a lot, and you can do a lot, but when we come together, there's one story of two Belgian And they could pull together, they could pull close to 50,000 pounds. That's wild. <laughs> the things we want to do for God, the things that God has asked us to do, the things you need done in your life, how much more could we do if we were together and pulling in the same direction? Last week, we, we gave um, yard signs. If you didn't get one, grab one. But this week, we've, we've got invitation cards. I'm challenging you to take invitation This week I sat down with a pastor. We were at a conference for a couple of days and we, I sat down with a pastor to eat lunch and he had someone from his church and one of his team members. And I'm always interested to find out how people got connected. I want to hear the story. I love the story. And I asked him, what's your story? How did you guys get connected? Tell me the story. And what I was, I was so blown away by the story that they began to tell. The wife, there was a husband and wife and the pastor and his and I, and they began to tell us, the wife started telling the story that 
we've, we've lived in, um, in Liberty, in Liberty County for, for a lot of years. And we, one of our friends, we just heard a conversation that there, there's a new church starting, but we didn't know what it was called. We didn't know where it was. We, didn't, we looked for it for a long time. And she said, one day, we weren't attending church anywhere. One day I was uh, going to meet my husband and I stopped at Sonic to grab a drink. And she, she said she was getting ready to push that little red button. But up there in the, in the, uh, the crack, there was a card. And on that card was an invitation to come to church. She said she, she just thought, well, maybe this is the thing. Maybe this is the one. She said she decided to go and her life was changed. Her whole family started getting involved. And then they began to tell me this story of transformation and how how. or where you work or in, in, can I tell you that probably the most potent place you can put this is in someone's hand. Someone that you know, someone that you love, someone that you're believing God to see their life change. Someone that you, you care about what happens to them, but you want to see, maybe this is the year that you put this card in their hand. They come to church on Easter Sunday and they make a decision that will change their life forever. And God begins to move. And God begins to change that broken marriage. God begins to fix that relationship with, to each other in years. God begins to work where there's unforgiveness and bitterness and there's all this toxic emotion. God begins to heal all because of a card. God begins to bring freedom all because of a card. People who have been injured by life Maybe even another church. God can begin to move in their life because they said yes to a card. So take one on your way. Take a handful of these on your way. And let's see how many people we can get in this place on Easter Sunday so their life can be changed. Can I challenge you with that Easter Sunday? that we can see they're like, can we make it about the mission and see how many lives we can get changed by just getting them to sit down where they can hear the message and they can, in that moment, it, we're about to walk into that moment right now, but in that moment, at the end of service on Easter Sunday, they can say a little prayer and their life will be changed. So here's what it looks like as we close this message. The three things, we're gonna close with this. Every member is a minister. Every member at Relate is a minister. If you're here today, God's called.
said yes to Jesus, then they said yes, they were committed and devoted to the community, the fellowship, the teaching. So your choice is this, you can say yes to salvation, you can say yes to Jesus, but will you say that second yes to significance, to being connected in the community of the body of Christ? Would you stand up on your feet? We're gonna worship as we close, but I believe that just like I said yes to Jesus and his church, I hope that you will do that too. Let's worship together. pray for you. Can we dedicate ourselves to the work of the body of Christ to do the things that God wants done in his church? Not to just go along with the, the status quo, but to challenge the status quo in my life and in your life. God, today we dedicate ourselves to all of the things that you have called us to be. Help us to have the right image, the right vision of your church. in and planted in that we might thrive and we might grow just like those trees and the palms planted. Lord, we love you and we thank you for what you're doing in us as a church, that you're taking us to greater levels of faith, that we might see you do greater things in our lives and in those around us, those that need miracles, signs and wonders, God, that you're showing up in a powerful way, God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we leave today, I'm going to give a call for one, one more prayer, and that is if you are standing here today or maybe 
you're watching online and you've never given your life to God, you've never surrendered your life to God, you've never made Him your Lord, your Savior, that's the first commitment. That's the first decision of your life. So I'll give you the opportunity to say that prayer with me. It's as simple as the scripture says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so I believe that when we say that prayer, that confession of faith, and we call on Jesus, I believe that we are saved in an instant and that we have redemption by his blood. That doesn't mean we're done. That means we're just getting started. So if that's you today and you don't know where you stand with God and you're ready to write, it's as simple as that confession of faith and that prayer. So I'd like to ask everyone in the room, would you just bow your head right where you are, close your eyes. Nobody's looking around and I'm not gonna ask you to come forward or embarrass you, but if that's you and you'd like to say that prayer and surrender your life to him today, would you just raise your hand up and you can put it right back down. Awesome. Anybody else? Thank you, thank you. Would you repeat these words after me and let's all say this prayer together so nobody's praying alone. Would you say these words? God, today I give you my life. I thank you for Jesus and for dying on a cross for my sin. Come into my life and save me. Forgive me of my sins and make me whole. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give a hand clap for everybody who said that prayer. I'm so excited for what's happening in this place and for what God is doing in you and in me. I want us to close today with, with our giving. We always close in worship, but our giving and the offering, it is worship. It is, it is our reasonable worship where we give God a part of everything that we, we are and everything that we have. So there's no way we could do everything that we do without you and without the support of those who give faith and generously. I'm so thankful for all of you guys. And there are a few different ways to give on the screen behind me. I want to let you know that every single dollar, our commitment to you is that every single dollar that you give goes to making a difference. Every single dollar and 10% of every dollar that you give, the first 10% goes towards helping other churches like ours get planted and, and supporting pastors who are doing this exact same thing. So I love that we get to do that, that we have the privilege of being able to